glasses are check, cattywampus. Check, check, check. It's the only way to be. I like a little cattywampus. Who do you think came up with cattywampus? I don't know. <clears throat> Professor Caddy and Professor Wampus. They wrote a paper in 1832, mm. and that's, uh, you know, talks about all sorts of stuff. But basically, when something is off in the world of um, psychology, mm-hmm. or no, in the world of geometry. Mm, even better. Yeah. Because there's kitty corner, which it makes sense, right? Or catty corner. Well, that depends on where you're from. Remember I did that thing for, in New York Magazine or New York Times with Karen, our neighbor, about like where you're from, with what that's called. And um, people call different things depending on where they were raised. Fair enough. So catty corner, kitty corner, which corner are you in? Let us know. Really? Is that what we're asking the people? Welcome to another episode of Opinions That Don't Matter. I'm Sean. I'm Katie. And uh, I didn't yeah. know we were already recording. We are. It happened. I just learned Chrissy Teigen and John Legend had their fourth child via surrogate. Are they still a thing? They're married, Sean. They no, I thought they were broken up. I didn't realize. When? What? John Legend? Yeah. Chrissy Teigen? No. They're oh, okay. together. All right. All right. Happily married, I believe. I mean, it's their business. I don't really know. But I do follow her on Instagram. And they just had... Maybe like a couple months ago, two, three months ago, they had another baby girl. Esty is her name. So they have Luna, their first es, daughter. Esty is her mm-hmm. name. <laughs> they have Luna, their daughter, who I don't know, is like six, let's say. Then Miles, who let's say is four. Then they had Esty. They had trouble getting pregnant. She had a miscarriage. It was horrible, like really devastating to her. Tried one more time, got pregnant with Esty, but they'd already started the surrogacy process. And so she had the baby and then the surrogate had the baby. She, they always wanted four. So... Yay for people, you know, doing what they want to do and making it happen. All right. Congratulations Mm -hmm. to uh, those. I know they listen. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's just celebrity news. There's uh, rumors that uh, John Legend wrote a song about this show, but I don't believe (laughs) it. He wrote a a song about Chrissy Teigen and it's cute, sweet. I think it was called One. Mm. It's very sweet. We got spray tanned. Remember Uh, we told you guys last time. Look okay. how tanned we are. So we basically... Look how white my hands are in comparison to my arm. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> Continue. We went to a wedding in Houston, and mm-hmm. it was fantastic. H-Town. And I was feeling a little, you know, you're getting ready to go to the wedding. And I thought I'd, I I had a great suit, by the way. And the theme of the wedding, not the theme, but the, the way you were supposed to dress mm-hmm. was, it was Marfa. Because think of all the flowers. Everything was very... Right. Marfa Chic. Marfa Chic. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you out there wondering, what the heck is Marfa Chic? A lot of people had that question. <laughs> Marfa is a town in West Texas mm-hmm. in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. And it became, well, I don't know if it became famous, but uh, famous? Famous. Famous. It has that Prada. Has anybody seen that picture of like that Prada store that's not really a store? That's in Marfa. Is it Jasper Johns? Is he the artist who had the art colony there? I'll have to look it up because I don't know that off the top of my head. I don't either. It's but anyway, not. it's a place in West Texas, like Sean was saying, and it's kind of an art colony. Right. You know what the difference between an art colony and a cult is? What? One produces art. Ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they both have a leader. They both you know, follow their leader. So there was an artist who kind of put Marfa on the map. Jeff Davis. Jeff Davis. I was so close. Oh, no. Sculpture in Jeff Davis County, Texas. Oh. Hold on. Let me keep reading. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I may it, be saved. Yeah, you might still redeem yourself. I'm just trying to figure out who created it. Artist is Elm Green and Drag Set. Nope. Nope. Well, maybe for, for one of the installations, could be someone from this person's... Uh, it says, realized with the assistance 
of American architects Ronald Rail, R-A-E-L, and Virginia Sanfrancisco. Mm-hmm. The construction cost around 120 grand. The original intent was that the building would not be repaired, but would rather gradually degrade into its surroundings. This plan was revised after vandals graffitied the exterior. Of course, they did, and stole its contents. What are you talking about? Is it the the installation that you? Mm-hmm. It's oh, a little the store. Prada store. Okay, yeah. so I, yeah, that was what I was missing. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't have the context of what the you Prada were. store. Now you're talking about an art colony. Yeah, there was an artist who basically had set up shop there and then he had, not his disciples, but you can see the parallels between a cult and a art uh, compound or whatnot. Um, hmm, like Jackson Pollock had his followers, you know, I think. Okay. Ah, boy, I'm doing a disservice to the art world here. Boop, 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 boop. I'm going to pause it because I'm going to have to look it up. Okay. The best little art colony in Texas, How Marfa, a town of barely 2,000 residents, became a tourist mecca. Oh, mecca. Dun, dun, let's set the stage. In 2007, Marfa, Marfa, Texas, with a population of 2,485, went dark. Dun, dun. Unable to pay the town's electricity bills, the newly elected mayor and city council voted to turn off Marfa's streetlights. Uh, yeah, that's when you know All it's going bad for the, the city. Winters here are dark and harsh, recalled Mayor Daniel P. Dunlap, who owns the Marfa's sole appliance and furniture store. Well, it's a tiny little town and is now in the last of his fifth two-year term as mayor. Wow. Keeps getting elected. Well, there's only six of them, you know, so. Yeah. So they they went six months without winter or six months that winter without lights. Folks, Folks were mighty unhappy. That's his quote. And I assume that's how he said it. After raising utility rates and replacing power guzzling bulbs with more efficient substitutes, Dunlap was able to restore the lighting in stages, light by light, street by street, starting with those lining the bus route of its only public school. They should have the motion sensors, see? So when you walk down the street, it mm. lights up, but as soon as you pass by, the lights dim again. Because those work so well. I've been in so many bathrooms where the water just won't come on. Oh, yeah. And you're like, give it to me, give it to me. But Marfa now, so that's 2007, Marfa has become more than a place. It is a destination. An arts world station of the cross, or to mix religious metaphors, a mecca of minimalism. What Lords is a- is to ailing Catholics, Marfa is to aficionados of conceptual sculpture and painting. Think Art Basel in Miami or Documenta in Germany. The temperature here in June can be scorching, but Marfa in any season has become super cool. London, Paris, Rome, Marfa boasts a popular t-shirt sold at Squeeze. So, median home income now stands at 41000 which was up from 24000 So, it's been very good for the city. Yes, good but what, why is it an art colony? As far as art colonies go, it doesn't really say an art colony per se, but Donald C. Judd, a leader of the minimal art movement. Remember, Marfa's all minimalism, a term that he despised. So, he didn't even like that. Moved to Marfa and began buying up land. This was in the early 1970s. Yeah. And uh, he bought a 45,000-acre ranch overlooking the Rio Grande and the abandoned Fort Russell's artillery sheds, barracks, gymnasium, hangars, and other buildings. He's from Missouri, and he created the world's largest contemporary permanent art art installations, a series of giant concrete boxes on some 340 acres of the old army base land. And then he slowly started inviting his friends out that he liked, to come and create in Marfa also. Join my cult. 
Mm-hmm. It's a minimalist cult because we don't have a lot of things. But, uh, you know, all you need is uh, scissors for your haircut, a little bit of Kool-Aid, <laughs> some um, some art supplies. Yes, yes, yes. It's the desert. So Use the rocks. Cement boxes. Cement boxes. Interesting. But he invited, these are some people who had come out. Icelandic artist Ingolfur Arneson. He came out. John Wel- Wesley. Ilya Kabalkov. I'm going to butcher all these. Richard Long, Claes Odenberg, and Kushi Van Bruggen. Sounds interesting. Sounds like a lot of uh, people from the art world showed up. and uh, But it was an all-boys club, and so women have tipped the scales. Oh. Back in 2003, John Waters, the director, created a tongue-in-cheek Visit Marfa poster, mm-hmm. which branded the place the Jonestown of minimalism, mm-hmm. adding it's a long drive. And you can't fly there. Nope. Both are true, but as road trips go, the journey is the thing. Yep. You can change planes in Dallas and fly to El Paso, then drive for three hours. You can fly to Austin, which is where we're at. Infinitely more fun, this article says. Mm. And drive for seven hours, breaking the journey. Oh, my goodness. So it's only seven hours? That's not bad. Sounds kind of far. But maybe, that's why maybe we can find a video of it our online. friends who got married, Dan and Scott, they got married out in Marfa. They eloped on Christmas, and they stopped by here first on their way out and then had their wedding party they're happily ever after this last weekend and so in honor of the fact that they got married in marfa the theme was marfa chic and i got sean a pink linen cotton suit and i wore a half white half teal skirt like a dress skirt but it had like a cutout um it was fun it was a great time and the collection of people that were there were fantastic Mm -hmm. now unbeknownst to me the, so Marfa Chic, right? What does this mean? Who who's dressing like what? What do you, all the girls were on a a whole group chain of a group text of chaos. Me, I knew that I'm going to wear a pink suit, mm-hmm. and no, you know, it's going to fit in. It's going to look great. So uh, I have it tailored, and it was a little snug. I'm going to be honest. And in true Sean fashion, I put my pants on. And I, I busted out the hem in mm-hmm. the, uh, but it was okay. It's still folded up. Although I suspect that she didn't hem that one properly because the other one has a lot more stitches. This one had like kind of an opening for your heel, like a it may a be heel she trap. missed a skit, a stitch, a yeah. sketch, a sketch of a stitch, a sketch in time. Mm-hmm. But this is a sketch in my pant leg. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, it didn't matter because when I put it on, I felt great, except for mm-hmm. it was a little snug to put that button on, you know. But I did it anyways. You suck it in, and you could take a photo, and then immediately I turn around, unbutton, and be like back to normal, right? <laughs> you never told me that. Well, I'm not going to reveal all my secrets the mm-hmm. day of the wedding, or the party mm-hmm. now we walk into the party and how cool is it the location super cool is it the heights theater which is this old theater in houston kind of on this little i forget the street name but it's on this little strip of older stores it's, it's been from revamped the, it's the very 20s cool. this theater mm-hmm. a movie theater from back in the day mm-hmm. now it's a, a venue and they had perfect acoustics you go inside and it still looks like this old theater yeah you know under the marquee and everything and um everyone's filing in and then out walks Dan, who, uh, you know, we think the world of this guy. and One of the he, grooms. He's wearing a pink jacket. A pink blazer, yeah. And like a 10-gallon. A very gallon. nice cowboy hat and his cool shoes. Yeah, this yeah. dude was looking great. And now I'm going to rewind mm-hmm. by half an hour. So we were staying with our friends, Vincent mm-hmm. and Mariah. And I'm getting dressed upstairs. I'm like, oh, boy, this suit, you know, I'm looking in the mirror. I'm feeling good about things. And uh, except for the button, because that's a little snug, but that's okay. I can deal with it. And I go downstairs 
And lo and behold, there's another man in a pink suit. And I'm like, dang <laughs> Mariah it. and I knew because I texted with her oh. earlier, and she was like, "Don't tell, don't tell them. Just let them discover it on the day of." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was like that Spider-Man meme, mm-hmm. you know. But there were so many. So we didn't get a picture like we wanted. Mare and I were very disappointed. And in true Katie and Sean fashion, we didn't take a picture of ourselves on our own. So I'm going to reach out to the photographer, and if we can get it, we'll put it here. But anyways, uh, probably won't be able to get it in time. But anyway, we. Almost everybody in our group, there's probably like, what, 14 of us maybe or 12 of us. Everybody was wearing either pink or blue. It was like Easter. <laughs> it was kind of like Easter. And I think that's true Marfa chic, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what else would you wear out in the desert? A pink suit. Yep. Light linen. I'm surprised nobody wore a white suit, but I think it's because of the wedding. Because I was even concerned that like part of my top was white. Yeah. And so I texted uh, Dan, one of the grooms, and was like, Hey, is this a thing? And he was like, nope, love it, wear it. It's awesome. Because there's no bride in white. You know, it's just not like you're competing against. That's the whole thing. You don't dress the same as the bride because you want to know who the bride is. But Sean accidentally dressed like one of the grooms. But it was cool. We got a photo. I'll put it up on the screen. Mm -hmm. There's three of us in pink. And there was another person, but I didn't talk to that person. They were wearing pink as well. Oh, were they? Yeah, another pink jacket. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, you know, the wedding, or not the wedding, but the... It's like a reception or a party. It's called their happily ever after. Okay. If we back it up by a couple of days, Katie was like, hey, do you want to get a tan for the the event? I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. He's wearing a light color. I'm wearing a light color. We're pasty. Right. So we go to this tanning place and I've never done this before. Me neither. Um, (laughs) And they're going to spray paint you. Yeah. They spray you like you're a car. Like yeah, you're Earl Shive? Like you're Earl Shive and you're you're getting an ice cream paint job. Right. And um so <laughs> she's like, Have you ever, you know, and I was like, No. And you know, it's it's mm-hmm. mortifying because uh she says, Okay, well you gotta get in your underwear. Leave your underwear on. I was like, I wasn't planning on taking my underwear off. But I'm sure people lady. have done that. I know. It was but. her being like, I don't want to see your ding dong, keep your underwear on. Well, when we first walked in the room, I think the reason why she said it is because the floor mat where they spray paint you uh-huh. says get naked and i was like i didn't even notice that but mm. you told me that i was like i didn't notice yeah because i had like i could she wanted me to put on these certain underwear that they they give to you for women that had like a little string on the side oh and she's like you can go fully nude if you want i put on the little underwear but then you gotta like yeah cool oh yeah they walk like an egyptian they show you a bunch of different poses mm-hmm. and again or like you just said walk like an egyptian so you one arm goes up one arm goes down and 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 you know, by the end, you're do, you've done the chicken dance. You know And she's airbrushing mm-hmm. me. You know, she's probably done this a zillion times. I said, how long have you been doing this for? She goes, about two weeks. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I have a wedding to go to. No, 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 no. And then um, she was done. And she, oh, to start the whole process off, they give you barrier cream. Yeah, you put that on the sides of your footsies, on the palms of your hands. And then you kind of go like this to get it in between. Right. And my fingernails, I had to wipe those off later with a, like a makeup wipe and my palm. She had me wipe things off. So I noticed, so we left and I felt like a million bucks because in the mirror, I was like, dang, I look good. You're tanned looking immediately, but what a mess. Yeah. Well, first of all, it, it rubs off and everything. It's still rubbing off and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed that. Mm-hmm. You towel. I think when I've ruined sweat. my towel. You know, you just got to wash it. It's all water soluble. Oh, okay, good. But we should just run another load of laundry. I've been trying to wash things regularly because... You the night we rinsed off and got into bed, I don't think you dried your back because you have it on the sheets. Oh, so we 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 wake up the next day and and I 
look at Kate, I'm like, wow, you, you look great. You know, I'm going to look great for this wedding too. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And, you did look great. Well, there were a couple of hiccups. Really? And the main hiccup was that the barrier cream didn't work on my hands. Oh, true. And it was, it looked like uh, my hands were all stained, like a more than a heavy smoker. It looked like I, I maybe worked with uh I, I wondered know, if you touched yourself like this or something, because it was just on like the tips of your fingers, almost like you itched or had touched yourself before you rinsed off. I don't know, but I was very diligent about this barrier cream. Mm-hmm. So something went wrong. And I remember driving to Houston and what did I tell you? I was like, I have to come up with a he cover said, story. Yeah, he's like, my hands look terrible. And I was like, I'm sure Mar- Mariah has some stuff to take off Tanner. We can find it somewhere. And I was like, or we'll just scrub it and it'll be fine. And he was like, no, I need a cover story. Like I've been working with lacquer. I I just stained a new piece. A new piece, <laughs> a, a dresser for them. It's a wedding gift, you know? Like I was, But then we're going to have to like come up with a wedding. Oh my God. Yeah, then I had to buy a $600 dresser to complete <laughs> the lie. his hands, which they're fine now. Yeah, they are. Did um, you take pictures of them so we can show them how bad they were? I think I do have pictures Prob- of them for like my lawsuit. You, <laughs> you almost ruined a wedding, you know. I mean, that's... I'm not the center of the tension, but... I w- he thinks he is, I guess, yeah. apparently. Nobody noticed, by the way. Either. No, because I told them immediately. Mm-hmm. I see you looking at my hands. They're like, who are you? I wasn't looking. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we had a good time in Houston. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, we're still pretty tanned, but I think that's a one and done. I don't think I'll get spray tanned again. Mm, no. No, it, no, no. The pain of it. Does anybody spray tan regularly? How do you just deal with the sheer amount of mess? Like the fact that if I sweat, which it's 102 here in Texas, if you haven't realized, and I like blot my face off, it's like tan is there. Not a lot, but like a little bit of an oranginess comes yes. off. Um, we went to Hotworks yesterday for the first time since we tanned. And I was like, there goes all my tan, but it's it's still here. But it's just, I just don't enjoy the mess. And like getting in the car afterwards, we had to put towels down and those I had to wash. I've already ran like two loads of laundry of just shit that we've touched that we, sh- you know. Hmm. Anyway. We were committed. We were committed. And um, I got lots of compliments. People were like, wow, you're so tan. And I was like, first, first I said to Jason, I made a joke. I was like, we went to Bermuda. And he's like, what? You didn't even tell us. And I was like, no, I went to the spray tan <laughs> machine. And he's like, then he did the joke that TikTok's out. He's like, never, nobody's ever going to know. They're never going to know. Right? How would they know? Mm-hmm. So the line at the bar was quite long, and uh, it, by no fault, of hounds. there were right. There was a lot of people having drinks, and <laughs> there it was like fun. three bartenders, but like the line was always there. Yeah, mm-hmm. people were asking for complicated drinks. I was like, just order the ones that are. No, the people specials. wanted old fashioned. People wanted Negronis. Yeah. We're bougie bitches. Yeah, you know, we don't want just like a vodka soda. That's what I was. You know, yeah, I was keeping it simple. Me too. Me too. But uh, I was standing in line, and the number one question is, "Oh, hi," or not question, but. Well, yeah, I guess it's a question. Oh, hi. Uh, how do you know yeah, Scott group. and Dan? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I I kept giving the same answer. And I ran into somebody and she was like, how do you know them? And Sean just, likes to, to goof and to lie. If you don't know him it's personally. It's not lying. It's like pulling someone's leg, you know? And I said, oh. I don't know what the difference is, but okay. Well, I like to go fishing for... for he likes to to, to trick you. Yeah. So I said, oh, I know Dan really well. She's like, oh, how do you know him? I said, uh, he and I train MMA, uh, you know, uh, well, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu a- specifically. But he is a mate. She, and the look on her face, she was like, what? She thought she knew Dan pretty well. But I, I knew so. Dan even more Dan than she knew Dan. <laughs> and uh, she was like, really? I said, yeah, he's really, really, you know, you can train, but there's people who are very gifted at sports. And he's 
you know, and he, he gets you on the ground and he squishes you and he, he, he bends your arms and he, he pushes the air. And she was like, oh my God, I never knew. I was like, yeah, he's super competitive. And, and we, so, everybody knows, if anybody knows Dan, they know he's super competitive. And yeah. also he's good at everything. Yes. So it, it, it dovetailed <laughs> so nicely. Like, oh, I guess so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so as we walked further along in the line, I'm like, I got to undo this because I don't want this lie spreading through the wedding. It'd be really funny. Dan would be like, damn straight. Because yeah. he's also a jokester too. The day before he'd made a joke about how he knew Sean. So I think that might have fed into why you made this joke. Yeah. I was getting back. Revenge mm-hmm. is a dish best served cold. But even funnier than that. So Sean's telling lies to everybody, no. making good jokes. Come on. But... People, because, so Dan, which you've seen in the photo, but he has a hat on, but he also shaves his head just like Sean. They were also both wearing pink. Mm. So a lot of people who I think didn't know Dan that well or had just been told a descriptor like, oh, he's- Scott's side of the family, mm -hmm. for instance. He's the bald guy with the pink jacket. They inevitably come up to Sean and be like, congratulations. Or- Hey, you want to? Can I grab a photo? I was like, sure. You so know, so people have photos with Sean thinking it's Dan. <laughs> and the the wedding photographer probably has a ton of extra ones because she was kind of running around covering a mm-hmm. lot of ground, and so she'd you know inevitably be like, hey, and she'd pop out and take a photo, and and I was like, oh, and she she'd look disappointed, like she thought she was getting, and then she's like, mm, it's oh, not it's the this right guy dude. again. And he's a little shorter. No, that's not him. Dang it! It was just funny. It, it was. Who would have thought that? And then I told Dan, he was like, what? He's like, oh, I guess so. He's like, bald guy, pink suit. Fuck. <laughs> then they made me go stand outside for the rest of the wedding so that it wouldn't happen any further, which I was like, damn it. No, but it was a lot of fun. We had a really good time. And they had a great band, Ooh. the Cactus Cats. Some, yep. Sam Thomas and the Cactus Cats. Or Something like that. And they had, I said, oh, how do I find you? You know, where mm-hmm. you're online? He's like, yeah, absolutely. I said, okay, cool. I'll look you up. And buddy was so cool they're all so cool they're all so wearing hip. their hats and their bolo ties mm-hmm. and talk like matthew mcconaughey <laughs> and uh buddy whips out a pack of matches and it's his band mm-hmm. on, and awesome. i was like dang that's a cool calling card for a band to have it on your pack he of was matches. Like, i thought so too yeah they were really good they had their own music that was great they also played like country hits mm-hmm. and even it was just good we had such a good time um and i was so tired as per usual. That, we it was we stay great, up to like at least two in the morning every time when we're there. Great time was had by all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So congratulations, Dan and Scott. I know they're already married, but it was just fun to celebrate them. And I hope they had a great time. And yeah. it was cool. I felt really privileged to be able to be a part of it. Yeah. Being invited into a group of uh, friends. Yeah. It's like such a fun group. I wish they were here and not in Houston. Right. Well, that's the next stage is we're going to start petitioning these people to, to move up here. We got to put out the draft. <laughs> okay mm-hmm. uh i have something that i saw online and really? i'd like to share it with you because you have been to this place okay costa rica no mm. good guess though good guess well you somewhere have, i've been have that been. you haven't been right um i labeled this as it takes real courage oh and i get this uh feed from twitter called historic vids mm. and it's at history in memes but okay. their name is Historic Bids. And I'm just going to read from it because I think that it's pretty, pretty heavy duty. Oh. And I'll put the photo on the screen right here so you can follow along. Mm-hmm. I'll show you the, the photo real quick. Okay. 
Is that no. like Houdini? Fran, it could be, but he doesn't Houdini his way. Oh, he does. Franz Reichelt, also known as the Flying Tailor, was an Austrian-born French tailor who gained notoriety for his daring stunt involving a parachute of his own design. Ooh. The provided photograph captures a pivotal moment in his ill-fated attempt to jump off the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Oh. Reichelt's primary objective was to prove the effectiveness of his parachute design. Oh, no. Mm, which he believed could be instrumental in saving the lives of pilots during aviation oh. emergencies. I mean, cool, but also be careful. Altruistic inventor. I mm -hmm. love it. Yep, me too. The photograph shows him posing confidently with the parachute contraption he had constructed moments before the ill-fated jump. Oh, no. However, onlookers and bystanders at the scene were apprehensive about Reichelt's plan and tried to dissuade him from proceeding. They suggested using a dummy instead of risking his own life, despite their pleas. I know, right? Yeah, like get a 200-pound dummy and just throw that off with it and, and be like, look or don't look. Right. But no one was hurt then. Yeah, hey, dummy, come here. <laughs> Put this thing on and shove them over. I don't think that's what they meant. <laughs> oh, I see. They suggested using a dummy instead of risking his own life. Mm -hmm. Despite their pleas, Reichelt remained steadfast in his determination and brushed off their concerns. Uh-oh. I have been to the Eiffel Tower with you. Uh -huh. Tragically, the jump turned out to be his last. As he leapt from the Eiffel Tower, his parachute failed to open properly, leading to a fatal impact with the ground below. Oh, the photo, therefore, represents the final moment before his ill-fated descent and serves as a reminder of the risks associated with daring feats and the importance of safety precautions. Mm -hmm. Now, oh, here's some video. Oh, that's him with his parachute? Yeah. Oh, but cool. I mean, it was, like I mean, you was... said, it was altruistic creation or invention, and that's very cool. There's him. But, oh, God damn. Did they show him jump? No, is it, this isn't the Eiffel Tower, though, is it? Yeah. He's not at the very top. A sensible man, I think he only went from like the midway point. But look at all that fabric. I know. I mean. Did he go? No, he hasn't gone. It's very slow. Oh, and. He's... Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. Let's not show all of that. No. That's sad. Um, but I, I thought it was a very interesting story. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a man who is trying to do something good. Mm -hmm. Um but he and he had the beginnings of a good idea. Parachutes become a thing. I'd assume this is pre-parachute. Yes, this is. He was. He's the creator a, of the parachute. A prototype. I mean, he didn't have the successful parachute. Well, no, but the idea. Yeah. Even just to contemplate. That's the thing that's interesting because I know now everybody, or I personally think this. Where I'm like, who can create something new? Inventions are things you can't think of. They don't exist. Do you know what I mean? Like to 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 think. Oh, we have this problem. How could I fix it? And then to come up with something. And ha I'm sure it worked before. That what's, wasn't like his only jump. What's the saying? Necessity is the mother of in invention? Mm -hmm. Mother of invention. I think so. Who's the father of the invention? Mm, fear. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Shortly thereafter, though, they mm -hmm. did. Someone did come up with a successful uh, prototype. And that person also used a dummy. So Smart. Well, you learn from the first one, right? Right. Live and learn. Move forward. Learn from people's mistakes. Right. And that uh, the reason why I brought this up was the submarine guy. I mean, last Ooh, time we talked yeah. to you, uh, we thought the submarine was still. And I was hoping that they would find them, but that, that was not the case. No. We didn't know what we didn't know. It was a, a bit of consoling, not consoling, uh, a silver lining. No. No, but... it was, it was a, 
better outcome than what we thought was happening. Yes. If that makes sense. It's the best of a bad outcome, period. Yeah. Because we were worried that they were stuck in this thing that they can't even stand up in. And they got this little thing to go potty in, thinking like, how much food do they have? How much oxygen is left? This is horrible. They're slowly suffocating and dying. Ah. But they had already been dead. And it wasn't this like slow thing. I don't know why. It wasn't torturous. That was what we were worried is that they were being tortured by this thing. But for those of you who didn't follow or don't know, the little submarine that was taking people to the Titanic, it got down at probably like six hours into their tour and it collapsed on itself and they they died. They were crushed immediately. And not to say that that's a good outcome because it's not. We were hoping they'd be found and they were okay. But it's better than the torturous. What we thought was happening is they were suffoc- they had suffocated. Mm-hmm. And that just sounded so horrible. Mm. Ooh, ooh. Okay, shake it out. Moving on. Upbeat news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have something I want to share only because I'm just putting it out there in the hopes that this comes to fruition. But I feel like you should know. You should hear it first. Here, here. I'm applying <laughs> to give a tech- TED Talk. Are you ready? Get ready. Hopefully they're ready for me. That's the hope, because you have to apply. <laughs> it's like applying to school again or something. Yeah, you can't tell anyone what what it's about, but um, certainly, I, I think you're onto something here. I think they're they're going to accept you. I think the I'm talk could be really it. fun mm-hmm. and a really good challenge, and it's one that I've been working on for a while and I've been wanting to give. I just haven't had the opportunity. If I could make a suggestion, mm-hmm. so the other night, Should I wear Katie- my parachute. <laughs> <laughs> I jump from yeah oh yes absolutely that's mm-hmm. a good okay perfect yeah. perfect uh, no but I think that you should cut out the uh, the hand puppet bit I think mm, that's a little I campy. do like the hand but Sean why <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine there are no hand puppets by the way <laughs> like a ventriloquist is probably the worst thing what you do you do? think <laughs> <laughs> I should fill out. And submit at the exact same time as you mm-hmm. a joke TED Talk. What's your Ooh. TED Talk about? My TED Talk is about um, the power of the mind mm. and the ability to tap into, you know, um, other people's minds. And then I do it with a oh, ventriloquism. Almost bit. like what's his butt from Dinner for Schmucks. Yes. Barry, I release you. <gasps> so good. If you haven't seen that film, I highly recommend it. Um that totally sounds like something, Sean, that I met 15 years ago would 100% do, would apply for a silly TED Talk. What if I got it? You know what I realized just now when you said that, because it's not something that crossed my mind, is that they probably get a lot of those. Oh, I'm sure. There's a lot of people with really funky ideas out there. Mm-hmm. You know what you should, not you, but you know what should be started hmm. is a TED crazy talk. Oh. Am I allowed to say crazy? I think so. Yeah. Almost like we're doing early in the season of American Idol. Right. What if um, what if people in our audience were to write in to us mm. what their Ted What's Crazy your TED talk, talk is? What's your worst TED Talk idea? Right. Let's get to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's they they don't allow you to you you can't use a lot of characters. They don't they're like in one sentence, what are people gonna get from this? So it's taken a couple weeks to like hone what the how do you how do you tell them about a talk? You know, mm-hmm. it's not a talk I've given before that's been filmed. So because then they're like, oh, you've been filmed. And you're like, no, I haven't. Um, yeah. So it's kind of it's tricky. But fingers crossed. Yeah. 
You just got to put it out there. It's yeah, you the don't know the secret. You don't know if you don't ask. Right. You just got to look to the universe. I was listening to a lady on TikTok the other day and I still don't. Do you ever watch something you're like, I think this could be powerful, but I don't fully grasp it. Do you ever feel that? Or oh, you're like most things I don't grasp. Um, she was talking about essentially different realities. Mm-hmm. Okay. And her idea and she said that she came to this realization after going to this like meditation retreat where you couldn't talk. And she talked about the power of not talking. That was like another TikTok. That's how I found her. How ironic. Right. She talked about the power of not talking. Mm-hmm. She, she's sharing it. Yeah. Uh, hey, how are you supposed to disseminate information if you don't talk? It's she tricky. thought about. Mm-hmm. She, she, she gave it to me through the power of the brain. But anyway, what she was saying is that there are different realities in our life and it's almost like choose your own adventure. These are not her words. These are my words. This is my interpretation of her probably much more eloquently put together thought process. But I found her thought process really hard to follow because it was in woo-woo land and I love woo-woo land, but I also get lost in woo-woo land. So essentially, choose your own adventure. And she's like, if you think something's not going to happen, it's like you're going to create that reality. And if you think something is going to happen, you're going to create that reality. And she's like, and so you want to spend more time in the reality that you want to be in. And when you want to switch to realities, it just takes the power of your brain and your decision making and your focus. And I am a firm believer in what you focus on will grow, which is kind of the the struggle in psychology between like talking a lot about trauma, talking a lot about your problems and feeling like shit about it. Is that actually beneficial? There's arguments that it's not. And there's other modalities. I was just talking on our call earlier today about solution-focused therapy and the belief behind that. And it's almost like positive psychology, which yes, I know some of that's toxic, but because you can have bad feelings and good feelings and still live a lovely life. But anyway, that was kind of her, her, from what I gathered, that's what she was trying to say. And I do think there's power in that. And I think I think there's science in that, actually, at the moment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are examining this. We can call it law of attraction. You can call it... Um, there's the a couple, multiverse. Yeah. You know. There's a couple terms people use. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was know, interesting. Do you know uh, this cat named Schrodinger's cat? Do you know Schrodinger's cat? No. Uh, it is a an experiment. Mm-hmm. Is it like Pavlov's dog? No, no. Mm. But so bear with me. Now, if you put a cat in the box mm-hmm. and there's poison in the box and you mm-hmm. close the lid, but you don't know if the cat ate the poison or didn't eat the poison. Okay. So he's both alive and dead. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you don't know. You, you have don't no know visual confirmation. Until you take the lid off. You open the box. And then once you've measured it, you know, right? Mm-hmm. If the poison's still there, cat didn't eat it, cat's still alive, he didn't eat it, right. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so this is Schroeder. And I could be butchering this concept. But basically, until you measure something, it is both. Yes and no. Yes or, and no. Yeah, true and false. Right. And the observable universe is, mm-hmm. th- there's there's people who talk about that in that until you observe it, it is infinite in your possibilities. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I think what she's talking about is that mm-hmm. in that, okay, well, until I uh, make a measure decision it, or, yeah. make a decision and i think that there's ways to positively influence the outcome mm-hmm. by pre-visualizing you hear a lot about professional athletes doing this and i'd heard of pre-visualization back in like middle school or high school right um because i was in this very intense and competitive softball travel team and our coach would have us pre-visualize certain plays or things he wanted us to do or like the whole game 
And I never really did it, but I would pre-visualize myself like hitting the ball or something happening that like I was having a tough time with, but I could never focus enough. I was a kid. I was like, oh, this is fucking boring. Like pre-visualizing a whole game. And he'd like have a sit down. He'd be like, okay, so we're getting started. Everybody close your eyes. Now imagine. And he'd like try to walk us through. But I do think there is something to that because the times that I've done it had been really effective for me. So before I gave that last talk in Pennsylvania, I visualized myself doing it because I'd given that talk like a gazillion times. It'd just been many years. And so I was really kind of nervous about giving it because I haven't done it in a while. It's almost like material I haven't accessed in a chunk of time. And so I think it was like the day before we left, I just like walked myself through it in my head, like how I was going to do it and what it was going to be like. And I think it helps not only take the edge off because I get really nervous and then my voice kind of sounds like this. And, you know, then you can feel it from me. And I don't want to come across like that. You know, you want to be, especially because it's like mental health talk. So I want to be like confident and cool and calm so that people can hear from me. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So you walked yourself through it. Mm -hmm. And it was an excellent talk. Mm -hmm. It's basically the secret, right? Kind of. I think that is why the secret isn't in, in and of itself. I mean, the whole like make your vision board. And I mean, well, whatever. That's a little too woo-woo -woo for me. I'm like... But there is a lot of support, research, and personal experience to say that the visualizing what you want and focusing on that does tend to move you in that direction and give you that result. Right. It's almost like the what we call like negative bias in the brain. With we can get in really nerdy with it and say like, oh, but negative bias exists because it keeps us alert. Right. It's our nervous system is wired to to assess for threat at all times so that it can ready us to take action or not. Makes sense, right? Nobody wants to die. That's like evolutionary. Like I should want to keep on, keep on on so that I can do what I need to do and potentially create other life, right? So we're primed for that, meaning that our nervous system is actually wired to look out for the bad things so it can prepare us. And so we have this bias in our view of our environment and our view of self that is very negative and it's, it's gonna take some focused energy to instead look for the positive does that make sense it does it's almost like we have to flex that muscle wherein or whereas the opposite meaning more negative is like that innate knee-jerk kind of reaction yeah well thousands of years ago mm -hmm. the greeks thought that uh, a god got up in the morning and yeah pulled on his with his horse and yep brought a <clears throat> his chariot behind him he tied the sun to it and he drug it across the sky and and then he'd bring it back at you know uh, the next day mm -hmm. and and it made no sense whatsoever basically because we didn't have the science to explain what was happening mm -hmm. okay that's probably a terrible way of describing this but we're we're we try to make sense of things when we don't have all the information we do our best to make sense of it right. And currently, the way science works, I believe, or physics, um, is you have the quantum realm, mm -hmm. which is like the you know the, the the tiniest when you're working with atoms and whatever that means, like the 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 smallest micro, yeah, the micro, and then you have the macro, right? Mm -hmm. You have uh, the science that um, that we we live by. Yeah, like right? biology like, or is this table solid? It's not actually oh. solid. It's you know yeah, the particle the particles physics. are just moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're okay. they're attracted and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, but they don't have, and again, I'm not a scientist, and I do a horrible job of explaining this. But they don't have an ability to uh, to tie these two realms together. There's a missing part in in our fundamental comprehension of how things work. 
So we understand the 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 world around us. Mm-hmm. I understand this is a table. I understand, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then we understand quantum mechanics, but mm-hmm. we don't understand how those two relate together because or relate to each other. Mm-hmm. We have all sorts of strange things happening, like uh, spooky entanglement at a distance, which is um, two particles can be tethered together, but be one can be in space, one can be down on Earth, and one particle will know what the other particle is doing. It calls to the other, yeah. How we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a lot of things that we're we're still in the gray zone. Yeah, we're still like the chariots pulling the sun across. Exactly. At some yeah. point, I think in the near future, they're going to understand this a lot better. We're you know we're working on some pretty amazing tools. Well, it's even like under, understanding. So in the psychology realm, I could say the same, right? I feel like in the world in general, there's a lot we don't understand. Um, there's a lot that we do understand, or there's things that we think we understand, but we're only seeing like ten percent of what is actually possible or what we should actually know our instrumentation may not be that yeah, powerful to refined, actually see yeah. you know like we didn't until you had amazing microscopes you really didn't understand bacteria oh totally and we don't have a way to this day other than an fmri as a way to look at an active brain and understand what it's doing do you know what i mean there's still a lot we don't understand about the human brain specifically and our nervous system but and I'm sure medical doctors feel the same about other parts of the body. This happens to be what I live in the most. And it's interesting even thinking like when Freud came to be in like, you know, the the grandfather or godfather of psychiatry or psychology, like how far off he was and how all of the things he said were true have been proven to not be true. But like he had to exist in order for us to keep moving forward. And so it's really interesting to see how the treatment of mental illness is you know as a whole has shifted and we've kind of molded together neuroscience with mental health treatment to assist people in ways we never thought were possible like one being like vagus nerve stimulation now that's been around for a while obviously but it's just an example of things that we're doing that um, has prevented a couple of my patients one in particular that i remember at the hospital it she was super suicidal over and over and that was the only thing that kept her alive and then we learned recently um let's say four years ago uh Joe Rogan did an interview with a vet, a veteran of our armed forces. I don't know if he was a Navy SEAL or an Army, whatever, but he'd been through a lot of tours in Iraq and he had horrific uh, complex PTSD. And he, through stellate ganglion block and the VNS stimulator, I think, he was able to manage most of his symptoms. And, and that's not what, in my space of what I learned, we would think would be effective. And mm-hmm. so, like, there's all these things that we're slowly learning more and more. Um, and that's not even to talk about like the realities or the negative bias or like how our system is kind of wired to function or is it because that's the way we think it's going to function? That's how it's functioning. I don't know. There's too many it's questions up on questions, Sean. Yeah. And I think personally, the more I read about it, the more I hear people talk about and, and kick around these ideas, whether they're scientists or goofballs like myself that are just pondering. Mm-hmm. I like to ponder. Hey, is that lint in my belly button? I wonder how it got there. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but I I think that what we're experiencing is the brain is just a tuner, like a radio tuner. Mm-hmm. You're, and then all of a sudden you're on a channel. And you get to the frequency. What's the frequency, Kenneth? You know, mm-hmm. and then you, 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 you dial into this reality. But I think that we're extremely powerful. But I think perhaps the brain or your body is just a, an instrument to experience this reality. Mm. When we die, um, I 
don't necessarily think we die. I think that would satisfy a lot of people who are religious uh, or spiritual. I think that we maybe join a bigger field of energy, hmm. uh, or or this 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 uh, this body perishes. But whatever the the, the consciousness is, mm-hmm. and not to say that we're special, but I think we're pretty special. I think we rejoin something else. Mm. That's almost like the. I forget what religion it is where they think you like come back as something. Regen- oh, you know? yeah. Buddhists, I think, are. Yeah, you like regenerate. Yeah, I'm not into that. I'm, I'm thinking like we go to. Uh, a different, like an alternate like reality. Like a Chuck E. Cheese in the sky. Oh, God. Know? No. Worst pizza ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's purgatory for sure. <laughs> if Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese is purgatory, what's hell? Mm-hmm. You know, such questions keep mm-hmm. me up at night. But yeah, there, I think there's a lot of way, a lot of things. A lot of people are thinking about this. And there's a lot of odd experiences out there that people chalk it up to. Well, you're just a quack or you know but science isn't hard and fast we don't have all the answers right now we know that we don't have well all we the keep answers. learning and the more you you learn about something the more you question mm-hmm. i think that's the thing that i find frustrating about society today is it feel like it's not okay to question it's not okay to challenge a lot of people are like just trust and it's not i think it was exacerbated by covid where like this isn't even, I'm not even talking about covid i'm just talking about in general in life in order to learn, we have to mess up. We have to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, and then learn from it. That's how you learn, right? You touch yeah. the hot stove, you don't touch it again. Mm-hmm. But now there's guards on everything. Like yeah, you, and I you're feel not like- allowed to make mistakes. And someone else is there because they know better. Hey, buddy, don't. But then you kind of find. Well, it's like helicopter parent, which I've talked about with the, my audience at different times about how traumatic having a helicopter parent can be just as much as having a neglectful parent Mm -hmm. because either way you don't feel like you can trust yourself and i think the one thing that i mean we're not having kids because but if we were well we lost the last ones we left them at the (laughs) chuck e cheese and bye-bye bye-bye no um no remember they make you like beep out and they have to check that you have your children (laughs) i thought that was so crazy and i feel like such a creep when we're going for rocio's oldest birthday and they're yeah, like did they give us bracelets yeah yeah to wristbands right but rocio said when you check out they're like and you have two children and they beep theirs and they're your children and okay they're very because kids run on their own they yeah. don't want anybody stealing any children but it was just funny i felt like such a creep showing up without kids i was like we're here for the party yeah the person who hangs out with chuck e cheese without kids i don't know if we, they would have i don't know if they let you in if you don't have children if you're not there for like an event right but right. we were for that party and rocio was like hi and i was like we are here um Anyways, uh, what was I talking about? Oh, the one thing that we want to, I believe, as we people create children, the one thing I hope children are learning is how to be a critical thinker, how to think for yourself, how to ask questions, take in the information and make the decision that's best for you. That's the whole goal. I remember like even, I want to say it was like middle school, maybe early high school, like my mom pros and consing me about things. And I don't think in her head, she's like, I'm teaching Katie to be a critical thinker. But it was her way when I was struggling to make a decision. She's like, well, let's talk this out. Okay. It was essentially like, play it out, Katie. Okay. So if you do this, what are the, what do you, what are the pros of that? All right. That's a feather in my cap. What are the cons? Ooh, that's a Because sometimes eye. pros come with cons and it's not about, I learned through those conversations and just my own, then I became, it's like my own process, but it's not about the number of pros versus cons, which is what I had thought originally. It's actually the weight of those things. So like if the one pro is, well, I'm going to feel really good about myself. And the con is it's going to be stressful for like a day. You're like, mm. you know, the con doesn't, it's not, it's not the same in weight. And I hope that kids learn to do that. And I hope that all this weirdness that's happening out there just feels like chaos. It doesn't 
squash that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I don't like other people thinking for me. No. That's been my frustration. I think something that, and it, it makes you think, oh, am I a tinfoil hat person? But no, I don't think that I'm a tinfoil hat person. I just don't think that everyone should, every decision should be made for me. And if I decide, well, I don't really agree with that, then you're ostracized from the group. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't, mm, yeah, I, I guess I don't want to get into it too much, but it just seems like now mm-hmm. you're thrown to the wolves if you don't agree with the masses. Yes, and I, I think it's, we're all so different and we should, we should, what's the word, like celebrate our differences as well as our similarities. Yeah, but like, like specifically. Group, group like, think can be scary. Yeah, spe- specifically dangerous. like, Oh, trust, trust the government. Well, I trust them as far as I can throw them because they, they, they tend to screw up a lot mm-hmm. and, and then they get caught doing things. Mm-hmm. A, a good example would be like the NSA spying on everyone. Mm-hmm. Go, James Clapper going be, before Congress and saying they're not doing it. And then it comes out that they're doing it. You're like, well, whose interests are being represented? And, and I think the people should be very cautious about the government. That's Well, if anybody watched The Good Wife, it's a good representation of that. Mm-hmm. Because you kind of cut to the NSA or even um, NCIS. They have an NSA agent come over at, from time to right. time back in like another season. But either way, you see the loopholes they can find to be able to listen to your conversations on your cell phone or look into your email. Yeah. And essentially, privacy doesn't exist. And obviously, this is like a whole like oh, we're, we're going to get into letters here and we're going to pivot yeah. sharp. But I think. I not to be and we're not foil hat people, but like the I remember in school, if anybody else is in the like medical mental health community in any way, you you know this as well. Like if you're a nurse, if you're a doctor, if you're a a therapist, psychiatrist, you know that in school, if you went after 9-11, we had to learn about the Patriot Act. Which is so aptly named, well, said no one. And essentially what I was taught is and there was like a chapter on it. Was that if someone comes in and says the Patriot Act and they have like the the warrant, they can take everything of mine as a therapist, like all of my files, yeah. all of my files, mm-hmm. not like, oh, which normally if a warrant had to be given from a, you know, from the court, the judge had to issue it, then they could come into my office and ask for a specific thing. And I would have like 48 hours to like get that together for them. So because I wouldn't give them the whole file because they could have more information than they asked for. And then that's not what's in the warrant. And that's a breach of confidentiality. Right. And against the law. But the Patriot Act, which is like, I have no, my patients have no rights. That's mm. how it feels. And I remember learning about that in class and saying like, but I don't understand. Like, how can they just do that? And they were like, you know, it's a Patriot Act. Uh, you know, that was the answer. Well, that's just what that was. It was like this blanket, quickly approved thing it, under the guise of, our safety yeah and it was supposed to be temporary mm-hmm. and it is and not it's still here yeah Ta-da. So, okay let's slope. pull out of the pit of despair i thought it was a good conversation it was a really good conversation there's more that i i would love to have more conversations like that but you know this isn't the place why isn't it the place who cares well, I don't we know. make I, it the place what do right. we think should it be the place i think it could be the place there's just so much to talk about i mean right now we have a, a presidential candidate candidate uh, who is very interesting mm-hmm. um, and he's being crucified in the press for being an anti-vaxxer and oh, I thought he yeah. was I so, thought he was a kookaroo I did too yeah. um, we had run into Robert Fitzgerald Kennedy Jr. in Santa Monica his office was right across the street from where we lived mm-hmm. and he was running for I think some sort of uh, state uh, I don't think it was controller but anyways 
And I remember pointing him out to you. I was like, oh my God, you know, because he comes from a famous family. He looks an awful lot like his dad and his uncle, uh, the former president and uh, attorney general of the United States. Um, and I saw him and I was like, wow, there's that guy. And he's an anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what a, what a kook, you know? Cuckoo. But it was really interesting to see a Kennedy, you know, 50 feet away. Yeah, and, wild. Uh, up until about a month and a half ago, I, I held those beliefs. I was like, this dude, you know, whatever. I just chalked him up to being an odd person with weird beliefs. But what it was, was that it was just basically the things you hear about someone mm-hmm. without actually listening to them. Well, yeah, and it's a, that pre, it's the assumptions or judgments we make about people without really knowing them. And not that we even know him, that would be a, like a total farce, but it's like giving someone an opportunity, hearing their side. Yes, yeah. I'm allowed to do my own critical thinking based on what information he offers. Well, I would like to hear both sides of of the 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 story. I was actually really hoping that he and that I don't even know the researcher's name or doctor's name, but I was hoping that they would debate because that would be helpful for me to be able to hear both sides. You know? Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I was kind of bummed. I thought no. it would. And you had actually worked with his organization uh, about four years ago. It was a lady. It was a, some sort of mental health organization. It had nothing to do with back stuff. But he is the co-founder of the company. I was like, oh, no. we're, we're, tr- we're Oh, is that One Mind? Something. It's like mm. a DC. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. If I like the what they're doing as a company, I'm That's always it. happy to support. But I remember being tepidly Nervous. cautious about it. Yeah, we recently listened to a couple interviews. And I... I just think it's interesting. Again, critical thinking comes into play. You should be able to take in information. That's why I'd like to have that debate because I was like, oh, this will be really cool to be able to hear both sides competing so that then people have all the information. Because again, I don't really trust the government. Do I trust Kennedy? No, but I'd like to hear what they both have to say. And I'd like to be able to decide for myself what pieces I agree with, what pieces I don't, vice versa, blah, blah, you know? Yeah, I just don't. I would like to have access to all the information yeah. and then I can sort through it as opposed to having a tech giant like YouTube. Yeah, say or, no, you can't yeah, exist. Er- erasing material before you can even get uh, a chance to evaluate it. Yeah. And I think that we're, we're in interesting times. Stuff like that is weird because again, critical thinking. Like what, you think I can't listen to something and decide for myself? No, no, you need guardrails to, I know it. to tell like, you how to think. It makes it, that does for us. Right, then comrade? It, the thing that's interesting about that is that the this the snuffing out of someone i think it's like the child in me that's told like well don't touch that i'm like well i fucking want to touch it mm. well then i'm like well i want to know what that person is to say you think that person's a crazy loon i want to know for myself again i want to decide for myself yeah whatever you know and again this isn't even specific to this issue i find that in general especially with the fact that our videos as like a random i'm on a soapbox for a second youtube is currently going through my old videos and age gating a bunch of my shit and I keep getting emails every week, them saying that it's not appropriate. And I'm like, fuck you. What do you know? Well, I think the audience should have access to your videos about bulimia. I know bulimia or like, what was one? It was a podcast. And I looked at the questions and I was like, this isn't even. Anything to do with uh, what they deem sensitive. Eating but disorders, who are they to self-injury, sensitive? borderline personality disorder. Like they're getting all gobbled up. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. And so and then I'm like, but what's they're, the they're hiding them from people. Mm-hmm. So you have to be logged in and you have to be 18 years old and you can't be in a, I believe it's a public a school, building, a school, a library. Uh, like, but what if you don't have access? It just, the whole thing is so, I think that's where my inner rage comes about this stuff. I'm like, allow people to decide for themselves. I don't need you deciding for me. It, fine. Don't put advertisers on our product. Yeah. That's I don't fine. care about that, but, but you, you're like stopping people from 
having access. And mm-hmm. the whole point of our channel is to give people access. And, and not only that, but you're part of, or we're part of this healthcare vertical that is meant to be able to allow the audience to distinguish between uh, something that is through a professional versus um Yeah, and they like check piece. my license. And if you guys haven't noticed, there's that little blue bar because it's like I have a standing license with no strikes against it. Yeah. They do all this background. like. But now they're still burying the content. And this leads me to think that we're going to probably be looking at alternative places because right now we're on Spotify, mm-hmm. which they don't seem to censor anything. YouTube, which seems to be censoring content. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the people at YouTube, but it's the policy think tank. I don't know what they're doing. It's very hard to, they, they'll have a, a blank look on their face when you talk to them. Well, and they give you this canned response mm-hmm. and it's because they don't want to lose their jobs. Yeah. So, but we're looking at Twitter seems to be an alternative as well because they're going to be developing their video side. So interesting. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple other platforms, but I haven't really looked at so them. So tell yet. me if you have tried searching for videos that you used to watch, you're like, I knew there was one like this and you can't find it. Like message us, email or something, because it's like, it's so frustrating. Well, I think there's about 200 of the 1400 videos, 200 roughly that have been caught up in this, Mm -hmm. um, that they're basically, they're turning to a ghost in the machine, like good luck finding it. Yeah, so frustrating. (laughs) Anyway, um, Tom emailed and said he wanted to take a second to say how impressed he was with the video I did with Les Carter. Les Carter was really great. He's a a psychologist, psychiatrist. I think he's a psychologist out of... um, He's, he's in Texas. He's just north of us in, in the Dallas area. Oh. And he has a podcast about narcissism. Ah. And he was really great. So I'm glad you liked that. Said it was very well done. Tom from Virginia. Thanks, Tom. Okay. We are moving on to summer vacation suggestions. Uh. I am here for it. We are ready. Yes. And this is from our Floridian correspondent, Christy. Christy says, howdy do, Katie, Sean, Roxy, and the OTDM community. Howdy do, Christy. I know you mentioned your July anniversary trip to Spain was a no-go due to cost. So I wanted to make some suggestions of alternative places to go. Now, I think we told you guys we're going to Bend, Oregon. We've decided. Maybe we haven't told you. But we are looking for other options for summer trips. So this is very helpful. I love my state, but don't come to Florida in the summer. Oh, It's hot, humid, and crowded. That's like Texas. Our friend Jules came out to visit, who used to be our upstairs neighbor. Oh, I felt bad. And I hated it because we're in this crazy fucking heat wave. And our summers are hot. Like, she honestly should have probably come in, like, November. Yeah. But she got here and it was, they had, what is it, the heat dome? Something. It's like 102. It's not even, it's like crazy hot for us right now. But that's before you factor in the humidity. And so it's like, what are they saying? Like 116 the other day? Yeah, I was like, it feels like Whoa. that. And yeah, you like just die. And she doesn't do well overheated. Right. And so she's like, well, it's hard to even walk around. And I'm like, it really is though. But there's always like a month in the summer, honestly, that's like unbearable heat. You just want to be in the lake or the water. Right. And you know, there's a, a really cool device that I've seen. And basically it acts as a radiator for your body. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, people, I've seen them when they're riding motorcycles do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think soldiers have something as well. For- well, even the like uh, the stuff they make baby diapers out of, mm-hmm. you because it's really absorbent, they put it in these neck things, supposed to dip them in an ice bucket. Just put them in regular water. Well, they say mm-hmm. cold water, like an ice, and then it's real cold and, sh- and it sucks the heat off of you. What it does is the water as it- Evaporates. Pulls away from you. It's also taking the, the heat with it. Mm. So Well, it's like the reason that kangaroos random fact random fact yeah kangaroos because it's so fucking hot in australia they dig into the ground 
to get down past like an inch down and they lick their pressure points of where their veins are. There's like two or three places that they lick and then they put it on the cooler dirt. Isn't that wicked smart? Wicked smart. Anyway, okay. Where did we watch that? Because you knew what I was going to say. Okay. Sorry, Christy. We're back. Don't come to Florida. In the summer, it's hot, humid, and crowded. Just know. I don't even go out much in the summer here. October through February is good. Bar Harbor, Maine. I'm already excited. Because when Sean and I were looking, I really still have my vote out for Portland, Maine. Bar Harbor, Maine is a summer spot that is fun and beautiful. Generally, the whole state of Maine is lovely. It looked amazing. Bar Harbor has Acadia National Park that has hiking and tours and some of the most beautiful views that I've ever seen. The weather is warm, but not hot to this Florida girl, right? It's funny because we were just talking to Shay, one of the girls at our Hotworks uh, location. And she was like, yeah, me and my girlfriend went to Chicago and it was like 80 was the high one day. And she goes, one day it was 56. And I was like, I'm rocking my shorts and shirt. I'm going to bring this cold back to, to the swamp because it's so hot here. And like 80 is like a cool down. The grass is always greener. Mm-hmm. You know, as Canadians, we want to go down to Florida. As Floridians, they want to head back up north, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I think, meet in the middle. Right. And that's North Carolina. I'm say hang out in Raleigh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, they have great seafood. Love it. And whale watching tours. And it's such an ideal summer spot. You should check it out. I love it. Okay. This next one, you're going to be excited. Prince Edward Island, oh. Canada. P.I. <gasps> and is, a Green Gables. Mm-hmm. Is a wonderful destination. I think Sean said he's never been there. And I'm a big book nerd. So it's known for the author L.M. Montgomery, who wrote Anne of Green Gables books and many others. I did a full day tour and was in my literary element. <laughs> you will see tons of things about her there. The Anne of Green Gables series with Megan Follows was also filmed there in the 1980s. So there are so many locations that I recognize. That's cute. It's such a pretty place with orange sand cliffs. Orange sand cliffs? Beaches like no others I've ever seen. The people were also very nice, as Canadians usually are. The scenery and lobster boats are picturesque. And of course, the seafood is great. I'm used to shrimp boats where I live, so lobster boats were interesting to see. Mm. Goes mm-hmm. by many names. Prince Edward Island, also shortened to an acronym, P-E-I. P-E-I mm-hmm. And then that's also joked about, and it's potatoes every inch. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah, we, I mean, P-E-I oysters are the ones that we'll always request if they have them at the oh, restaurant. They're the Best. Or there's one in Washington, starts with a K. I forget what they're called, like Kalanaw or Kal- Kamoto. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They, they're smaller, which I like. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So PEI, put that on the list. Mackinac Island in Michigan is my on my bucket list for a summer spot one day. There was a movie in the 1980s starring Jane Seymour and Christopher Reeve called Somewhere in Time that was filmed there, and it was such a good film. There are lots of bicycles and horse-drawn carriages in the island. And I don't think there are any cars allowed. That's like a lot of, uh, like, I think Orcas Island has cars, but a lot of the San Juans don't allow for cars. It's almost like, um, oh, uh, Catalina. Mm -hmm. Uh, They do golf carts. I think it's a good idea. What do you need a car for on an island? Just going to do loops like NASCAR Island? If they're tiny, there's no need, you know? That's actually not a bad idea, though, turning an island into NASCAR. Hmm. I mean, for maybe you. I'm not really into NASCAR. I'm not either. I'm going to be honest. But I just meant because they just go in one direction, you know? Mm. Yeah, just a one-way loop. Yeah. If you miss your turn off, you got to go all the way around. It works if your island is circular or ovoid shape. Oval, at least. Mm -hmm. But if it's a triangle, those are some hard turns. That's some rough. (laughs) 
<laughs> that would be for people who want to know how to drift. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think there are any cars allowed. There are cute hotels, ice cream shops, and many beaches and bicycle trails in the small island. Most of the businesses are just open in the summer as the weather is cold most of the year. Looks super cute. I agree. That sounds really fun. I know you mentioned mentioned cruises are not your thing, but I am planning to go on an Alaskan cruise in the summer of 2025. Another member of our community just did that, went on an Alaskan cruise with her mom and other people and said it was amazing. I think that's because that's the way to experience that nature so you're, yeah, because you want to see the icebergs and you can actually get out onto like some of it's kind of cool that yeah, way I, I think there's one that allows you to throw sticks of dynamite at the iceberg or not the iceberg but the uh the glaciers so you can break you can calve off parts of it it's a pretty aggressive tour i think that's a lie no sean's lying that's no no, no you, you, everybody always asks how do i know he's lying and it's this smirk he's giving the to plunger me mm-hmm. and you have to pay extra for that mm. it's like you know it's it's not cheap to it's break like two hundred fifty thousand dollars just yeah. like the submarine awesome but no but it is the way to see it right you you go up the coast yeah. and you're they you're don't on a blow boat. them sean's line by the way just vt doves no but apparently you do frequently see things fall mm-hmm. yeah a cat do they call it calving when a piece breaks off i have no idea but i don't know anything about icebergs honey mm, me either but anyways i would love to see that mm-hmm. you know so, i don't want to get too close but just close enough so Alaskan cruise, got to save up those funds since this isn't the usual cruise to the Caribbean from Florida, right? You have like the perfect location for Caribbean cruises. Well, she's not going to fl- uh, sail from Florida, though. She'll probably have to go to Vancouver or Washington. Oh, for the Alaskans. why she says she has to save up because yeah. she's already in Florida. So yeah. she probably has to drive to wherever the thing is, but or maybe a short flight, right? But I do know the Alaskan cruises either leave from Seattle or Vancouver is usually hmm. where roughly where they're at. Okay. It's a place that comes alive during the summer season with the endless light and amazing wildlife and fjords and glaciers. I am so excited just thinking about seeing those amazing things in person one day. And no, you won't just fall over the balcony on a cruise ship. Remember we talked about that. The balconies are high. They come up to my shoulders. And either they are thick glass or with rails that are slightly tilted inward. So it's extremely hard to climb over them. I don't think too much alcohol, <laughs> I think too much alcohol may be involved with people overboard. Per maritime law, if a cruise ship sees anyone in the ocean, they will rescue them. So if anyone sees a person go overboard and alert someone, they will rescue you. Cruise ships are always picking up people on crowded rafts and makeshift boats. Oh, wow. I didn't know that was maritime law. But hey, you could always fly to Alaska, not do the cruise. Hmm. I hope this help helps. I'm interested in hearing everyone else's suggestions too. Your Florida expert, Christy. Thank you, Christy. I love it. I love it. I would love to see fjords mm-hmm. one day. Fjords. Fjords. Okay. That's all Me I got. Me too. <laughs> okay. To one fjords. more letter. Yep. Okay. We have, I'm excited about this one already. It is entitled Roommates and Bicycle Knowledge. Oh. This is from Blair. Blair says, hello. I've heard all these different roommate stories and I think we needed something funny. Sean always likes odd humor. I used to work a later schedule where I'd be getting off at work around 7.30 to 8 p.m. most days. So I came back to my apartment one Friday night. My roommates have friends over and are getting ready to bar hop for the night. I have no interest in going. So they take off and I decide to shower. While in the shower, I wanted a shower beer. As one does. There's nothing better than on a hot day to have a shower beer. I think it's one of the best things in the world. A Ice lager. cold beer. Lager. Usually I don't, I don't. It has to be cold and in, in, yeah, yeah, not a heavy beer. Even one of those citrus ones we have would do. I accidentally stumbled upon some pornography on the what? internet. Um, this is going back like 
I don't know, five years ago. How do you accidentally stumble upon? Yeah, it was. Um, Did you look up shower beer? Yeah. And you found up naked people in the shower? Apparently, there's a subreddit what? where people, they shoot photos, guys, girls, whatever. And what? it's not always like You're like, explicit. I just want to know the best beer for a shower. Yeah, sometimes you just <laughs> see like from the, 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 the neck up, you know, mm-hmm. and like shampoo in the hair and a beer. But some people are full on exhibitionists. You're wow. like, I didn't know a beer bottle went there, but <laughs> no, I'm talking on the shelf, you know, like. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there's a subreddit with uh, some naughty, naughty. That's wild. And some people are just hanging out in the shower. They're not, in, you know. That's still not natural. Take, somebody's taking a picture of you or you're taking a picture of yourself. But how else do you make it to the top of Reddit? You know, you got to show a little, I'll show a little ankle to get on the little top. shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So shower beer, super simple concept, hot shower and cold beer. Oh, it's, it's great. I agree. Well, all the roommates left and I know they won't be home for the night. So I jump out of the shower and leave it running to quickly go to the kitchen fridge and come back. While I'm opening the refrigerator door, I hear the door unlocking. Oh. I have no... <laughs> I have no chance of running back down the hallway and into my room without seeing anyone, um, seeing a very white ass run past. So I decided to just own it. I turn around, I crack open my beer and say, forgot something in the hopes that being normal will make them feel less weird. (laughs) Turns out someone (laughs) forgot their ID. Everyone had a good laugh and I went right back into my shower. No regrets, right? No regrets. (laughs) Regrets. That's great. It is great. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay. Also, you had recently mentioned mountain bikes and all the things that go with it. Although my health prevents me from riding these days, I still have years of knowledge that is stored in my head that I don't use as much as I once did. I'm here for it. Big, soft tractor seat bicycle seats are great for beach cruisers and bad for everything else. You won't want a big, soft seat that moves all around. It will just just create sores. You're right. And also, I feel like you're doing like more movements on a mountain bike and it would just get in the way. It'd just be like, bing, bing. you wouldn't be able to use your weight in the way that you do. Not that I'm a professional, but I am a beginner. <laughs> um, okay. You want a seat that isn't so wide so you can move around on the bike on the trails and the giant seat makes that very difficult. At professional bike shops, they have such a tool known as an assometer. <laughs> it's pronounced ass-o-meter. Not a sometimer? Wow. Um, It measures the distance of the sit bones. Oh, that makes sense. The bones that connect the femur to the hips. So you're sitting on bone and not on soft tissue. Mm. Makes sense. How wide the butt cheeks are doesn't necessarily mean you need a giant seat. That's good to know. And yes, it is as fun to say to people as you think. Everyone loves a dumb butt joke. The (laughs) assometer. All the best and good luck keeping all the Texas bugs away. Thank you. Thanks, Blair. Thank you, Blair. Yeah. That is really helpful and hilarious, and I love that there's something called an asshole meter. Even more reason to love mountain biking. A little different than the asshole meter, which mm. is like a you know goes off and you're like, that person's an asshole. Yeah, Beep. you're like that's Beep. rude for no reason. Beep. You just cut in line in front of an old lady. It's like ooh, it's like that metal detector that Dwight got that this holds the gate the the gaydar. Gaydar. I think you remember when he calls Jimmy. He's like, I think you can get it. Um, at what's it called what's that place that we used Amazon? to no but it was back in the day it was like an actual brick and mortar not brookstone oh but uh, image something image oh sharper image sharper image and he was like oh see sold out remember yeah and then he sends him one <laughs> some metal detector but then dwight runs it over Everybody's himself beep. he's, he's like, like 
It's a metal detector. But it's the best is the look on his face. He's like, no, 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 no. It goes hetero homo. Middle. Oh, my God. Oh, the office. So funny. Dwight. Do I get Do it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sending in your letters. I know we're way behind. I think we're just now into May. Ah, we're, we're just, we'll get there. Yeah. It's it's a nice lackadaisical pace. Okay. A leisurely pace. A leisurely stroll through the thoughts of those around you. Yeah. Huh. Anyways, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy. If you're celebrating the fourth, tell us how. If you're we're, celebrating the second, tell us how. If you're celebrating today, tell us how. Cold beer in the shower? Highly recommend. <laughs> Take care of yourselves and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. À la prochaine.